I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, training, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. podcast. <laughs> I didn't try to mess you up as bad this time like I did last time. Tell me about John Mayer, Steve. John Mayer on guitar.com, our friends over at guitar.com. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Cillian? 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 No. How do you say that name? I don't know. Killian. Killian Breath, Breath Neck wrote this article. I don't know that person. Uh, if I do know you, I'm sorry that I forgot that I know you. John Mayer on digital modeling, quote, if somebody had walked a fractal into the thriller sessions, you would have heard it all over that record. Yeah, sure. Uh, because his new album, Sob Rock, which I've heard a couple tracks off of, uh, but not that many tracks, just a couple, uh, is very, like so much music today, 80s inspired. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like he uh, is now kind of a fan of the fractal units. And this is a guy who's like, I'm remembering the the photo of him on his, on a private jet holding a dumbbell in his lap. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a guy who, you know, he has access to whatever he wants, mm-hmm. but here he is embracing a modeling amp. That's fun. There's something fun about that. Yeah, he said he did. It says he, he did still use the Dumble. Is my, which hair, also, which, is my hair bonkers right now? Cares. <laughs> okay, so uh, John Mayer used the Fractal. He used a Fractal. He still used a, he still used a Dumble because uh, uh, Dumble was like a, a big 80s clean sound. Like sure. a lot of people were using Dumble. Well, he was using the Fractal into the Dumble. Possibly. That's how you really possibly, warm up possibly. that Fractal sound. Is he uh, hit it into a Dumble. I, don't, I think you could say that about all kinds of different recordings. I mean, you could probably roll into, you know, like a recording studio in the 50s into Sun Studios and be like, hey, check this out. Right. And once right. they figure out how to power it up and hook something up to monitor it, then they'd be like, oh, yeah, there's some interesting sounds in here. I mean, it's a tool. Yeah. I mean, it is a tool. And you could say that, you know, oh, fractal in any any era. But I think it's the uh, the idea that like, the 80s guitar sound was so effect saturated. You know, if you took it back to the 80s, meaning the 1780s, they would have called you a witch and burned you at the stake. Well, if you took it back to the 80s, as in the 1780s, they wouldn't have done anything because you'd just be holding this weird box. And right. No one would be able, and you'd, they just, you'd I have mean, to invent electricity yeah. to be able to use it. Yeah. When was yeah. electricity invented? Early, uh, early. I mean, I 19- guess it was like electricity was invented, like in, late eighteen hundreds, maybe. In like the, it wasn't invented, but you know they figured out practical uses for it. You could probably figure out a way to like take a steam engine and like have it turn a, a thing inside of a thing. That's how mag. That's well, how electricity's made. I mean, your first problem is getting electricity. Your second problem is building an electric guitar. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You just show up with this amp and no electric guitar. And then your third problem is you don't have any speakers. Like, there's a lot of problems involved if you take it back to the 1780s. Like, I'm sorry, you're out of luck. You you brought the wrong thing with you back through time. 
you needed to bring so much other stuff with you. <laughs> yeah. And of course he he says he uses other things, but I think it's interesting um that you're starting to have more and more uh things of this nature kind of popping up. Sure. Uh, you have bands that um especially for live. Now I think this instance is unique with John Mayer saying he used a fractal on his album because this is a guy who, who, you know, he also used a Dumble and he used an old Fender amp and apparently some of his guitar parts he plugged straight in to the console or did some other, some kind of direct solution, you know? Um, and uh, it sounds like that was just kind of driven um, by, I don't know if it was what was on hand or what, something he wanted to try, something he heard. Uh, but the other side of that is like, he had a Dumble on hand. Like this is a guy who could pick any amp he wanted. Right. And said, you know what? This like fractal digital amp is, is the perfect tool for me in this moment. Um, well, I think if, and, and, I mean, any, any album that he makes, I don't listen to his music very often, pretty much never at all. Any <laughs> album that he makes has got to have more than just guitar on it. Right. Sure. It's probably sure. got all kinds of technology and stuff incorporated. And we're also, we're also hung up on the guitar side of it. Like, What about all the other instruments? You know, there's, but, there's but someone I, out there wringing their hands like, Oh man, he didn't use the right drum mic or whatever. Right. Who, but who but cares? Like, there's, as long as you output like creatively the song that you're trying to output, like who cares? I think there's a bit there. Sure. But I think there's a lot of like a lot of uh, music, uh, that's true. There is a lot of music, a lot of music intellectuals or whatever, like people sure. who think really hard about John Mayer who are, are like, Oh, that, that album, uh, the two rock tones on that album are just, oh, that's, that's why I got a two rock or whatever, you know? Right. Right. And that th- they're driven by, ch- by these particular amp sounds. And you know that this article is going to sell fractals. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and, and to that, like, and where I, what I was saying is you have, there have been bands, um, I think, uh, for like starting in like the early 2010s, I want to say like, I think it was Weezer was touring with like pod, uh, was it the 500 HDs? Like whatever the big flo- pod floorboards were, that the mm-hmm. one that was after the XT, which I think right, was the right. 500 series. Um, I think uh, Fallout Boy was touring with like all Kempers. Well, a lot of like bands, a lot of bands are doing yeah. that live, but I think it's different to have somebody again who has access to like any Philip Carter from the 40 Watt Podcast calls them Endgame amps. Right, like they're the they're the that amp you get after you beat the boss at the end of the game, they're, <laughs> right, they're right. your reward. Uh, it's the big loot crate. Yeah. Uh, and so like two rock matchless, obviously Dumble's not even like the end game amp. Dumble is like uh, when you are the first person ever to beat the game and the developer has a special prize for you. Right. Amp. Right. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, now you get to play the, the game on God mode. Yeah. So the idea that like a, that schlubs are using or you know whatever <laughs> fractals for live use isn't a big thing because the reality is 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 for the average uh player even like well, the, the, even the above so... average player like playing live is uh 
is like you're willing to compromise a little bit for right. some kind of uh, benefit, like I mean, a, the, the lightweight or for, whatever. For 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 touring, like digital stuff, modeling stuff makes so much sense. Yeah. It's the yeah. same settings every time you have your presets. Even if it goes down, you have your presets saved on your laptop or something like that. You can run to Guitar Center. You can buy a fresh one and throw your presets on there mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they're saved forever. It's fantastic. Like it makes a ton of sense. Like you don't have to worry about your roadie accidentally bumping the gain knob or something like that. You never yeah. get your setting back quite right. You know, it's like a confidence thing. You know that, you know, it's the same setting that you used at the last show that you used at the last show that you used at the last show. Mm -hmm. Even if it doesn't sound right through your monitors, you know, you have the confidence to know it's going to sound the same, even if it doesn't sound the same to me right now through my monitors. Mm -hmm. Like that makes total sense. But yeah, to have someone of John Mayer's, I hate for lack of a better term, caliber. Yeah, sure. Using uh, this technology in studio. I mean, that's huge. I mean, it's, it's a huge thing for the marketing of, the, of these things. You know, and anyone could be using that type of technology to record tracks and people do all the time every day they're using digital modelers to yeah. record their home albums or even record in studio and stuff like that but to have it fetch you know kind of big star notoriety is a mm -hmm. big deal mm -hmm. it is it's 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 kind of it feel feels refreshing i don't want to talk i don't want to say this i'm going to say it anyway I'm just going to say it Say it. Refresh me. It's refreshing to hear someone again, like that you consider like from a, actually I would say from a, uh, fame level, uh, John Mayer is certainly like a, at least a, a, a plus, if not an S tier musician. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like S tier. I don't know what S tier means. S tier is like God tier. Oh, okay. Like God level or like demigod level. I, I mean, if you're I, ranking, if you're ranking musicians, I feel like John May and someone says, where do you rank John Mayer? Like, I feel like he's definitely near. I think he's definitely at the top of the modern the top. game of guitar well, players. I'm talking about right like now. modern. And then current, I think like in the, in the current decade that yeah, we live in, I think, like John Mayer is tops, I think you know, people, he's, a, he's in the top, like probably dozen guitar players that right. people know about. And, and I'm not saying that even, I just, don't even mean in skill. I just mean in that, that like exactly. in, pop, in popular appeal, exactly. you know, everyone knows his so name. Th so that's where I'm going with this is I feel like th this take is refreshing when, uh, whether or not they are intentionally crafted to be trolly or not, uh, you always have like Joe Bonamassa always seems like he's got a hot take. That's like, right. You, you just need a tube amp. And if you do like, if you use pedals, you're lazy. If you use more than half of a pedal, it's, you probably just need a, you should have spent that 50 bucks on lessons. You know, that's a, you know, that's a good point. Like there's plenty of people out there that don't like John Mayer for various reasons, which I'm sure are all valid, yeah. but I can't think of a single time he's said some dumbass thing about gear. Yeah, he, like he seems like someone who just he likes gear. He usually says dumbass things like that his penis is racist. Oh yeah, he says those sorts of dumbass things, but he usually keeps that towards, you know, women and individuals and <laughs> rate entire races of people and things like that. You know, stuff that who cares, right? Yeah. But gear Oh, he's never stepped on toes talking about gear. I don't know if that's <laughs> true, but I mean, he's 
every every yeah music not, celebrity not is an awful person and none of them are defendable <laughs> in any way but yeah I, I don't think i've ever read a quote or heard something from him where like oh man your your take on gear is stupid john Mayer. I, i'm just saying in this moment of like the last gear related six months year whatever um the idea again the idea of like a god tier top tier musician coming out and being like yeah uh, I, I used this and it got all the sounds that I wanted. And because I was trying to get sounds from this other decade, I think if this sure. piece of equipment would have existed in that decade, uh, they would have been all over all of your favorite records from that decade. I mean, you think about eighties tones, rack gear into a jazz chorus. Like you could do that with a modeler. No problem. <laughs> you're oh, yeah, you're yeah. going to be just fine. Now but, I'm, now I'm remember, remembering that John Mayer quote about his dick being racist or something like that. How, how do you even get to the place in your life where you have that thought and then decide it's okay to say it out loud? Like, well, I think, what, what I mean, for what it's worth, that was a, a, a um, I think that was a Playboy interview. And like, I think at the time when people were still, when like men were doing, interviews for playboys they would always just try to say something risque or something. risk like kind of off the wall like what's what's going to be the my big quote and it was always something stupid and it was, that, was case, that whole like maxim era right like mm-hmm, maxim mm-hmm. magazine like when there was like dozens and dozens of like knockoff not quite playboy versions of like shelf like store shelf friendly magazines for men that were just atrocious and awful like we got stacks of those when i worked in the t-shirt industry and they left them out on tables for people to like try to reference ideas for yeah stupid shirt ideas and stuff now here's a god awful here's a question that i have uh do you think when john mayer says that this Fractal would have been used all all over. He says all over the Thriller sure. album, not just the song Thriller, but all over the Thriller album. Do you think he's trying to imply that Van Halen would have been using Fractals in yeah, the Yeah, sure. Because Eddie Van Halen is the guitar player on Beat It. Yeah, no, I and I, Beat I, It definitely has that like classic Van Halen like whooshy phasery thing going on. And when I think about something that I would think would a digital modeler would be really good at. It's whooshy phasers. Oh, sure. No, I, you know what? If you could go back into the eighties with a lot of the tech that we have now, especially all of the devices built around capturing the Brown sound, I think Eddie would have been like, Whoa, this is amazing. I've got so Mm -hmm. much stuff Mm -hmm. I can use now. Uh, (laughs) I don't think he would be insanely picky about this stuff. If, If you dropped a fractal on him, I was like, hey, man, what do you think about this? He'd probably be blown away by it. He'd probably be pissed because you just dropped an amp on a dude. And oh, my that's... gosh. That's not what I mean. Come but, on, you know, like, man. Violence. Like, so much of his rig was so impractical. Like, right. okay, I've got all these Marshall stacks and, you know, like this device to control the voltage he going he into He would have figured out a way to starve a fractal. To get... <laughs> <laughs> no, he probably... No, I think that's the angle. Like, because he was an experimenter. He yeah. liked to Frankenstein gear and stuff like that. If you dropped a fractal onto his lap, not onto his head, Steve, you handed him a fractal politely, he would like 
he would explore the patches mm-hmm. and then he'd have some questions because he doesn't understand computers yet. It's the eighties. And, <laughs> and then he would start to do deep dives into what he can invent in that system. Mm. The tones that he can invent, like the, the settings that he can manipulate that he never would have been able to manipulate right in an analog device. And he would have found some sound that wouldn't have existed mm-hmm. in a traditional rig. Mm-hmm. And he would have run with it. He would have run with the devil with it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> he would have put Sammy Hager's voice through the damn thing. Not David Lee Roth's. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. You ready to move on? What do you think? Whose voice are you going to put through filtering? I don't. I don't know. Sam, like Sammy era Van Halen. Is running running with the devil? Is that Sammy? I don't remember. Uh, I don't. I'm Sammy not a, Hagar is is C, like keyboard era Van Halen. I'm not a Van Halen connoisseur. E- either am I. So basically, I, I know the singles from the first album. When I think of David Lee Roth's voice, <laughs> I'm thinking Excuse just kind of like raw rock. Yeah, like this is rock. When I think of Sammy Hagar. Is starting to get more into pop influences and special effects and stuff like that. No, legitimately, you could somebody could be like, "Hey, listen to this," and it would be Van Hagar, and I, you have no idea, I wouldn't know. And then who else? Who else sang for them? Oh, I don't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Is that it? It's Anyone only- who trashes on on Sammy Hagar is not even going to mention everyone after that. <laughs> I just, I like, I don't know. Like, I'm not a. Sorry. Sorry. I think we established this back in the Van Halen episode. So we had a Van Halen episode. When we did that one where we reviewed their album. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah, about back that. Back when we used to listen to music. Yeah. We haven't done album reviews in a while. It's been a busy summer. It has. Like, I've been slammed, dude. Yeah. It's so busy. Did we accomplish anything with this topic? No. So let's move on. <laughs> This guitar was sent by Greg Straub. Actually, this was sent to me because uh, this was posted on the Reverb Instagram. And uh, our friend of the show, Robert Smith, not from The Cure, um, sent this to me. It's fun. This is a vintage 1990s Micro Machine Super Van City toy that has been transformed into a guitar. Were you culturally aware when Micro Machines were a thing? Uh, Sorry. The body is made of pyro construction. It features 20 scale. It's been fitted with a top loading cartridge version. It's wired with a fancy operator. The pickup packs a plus. It volume controls singles. This is toy car. The key feature of this build is to make a functional guitar while retaining the original purpose of Super Man City. It can be all over the miniature city race to your car around. Before being reassembled, it's shrouded some licks. It's been set up with an 11 gauge street at the sale. This is I can't read that fast. See, now you can see here the Micro Machines guitar in action for yourself. There's a YouTube demo video. Hold on, Steve. Yeah. Note to editing Ryan. What Steve's about to do, just speed it up. Okay, now, Steve, read it regular speed. <laughs> this is a vintage 1990s Micro Machine Super City Van toy that has been transformed into a guitar. The body is made of a pine construct and features a 20 inch scale length guitar neck. It has been fitted with a top loading hardtail bridge and is wired with a fancy high output humbucker. A pickup that packs a punch. It has a single volume control that is top of the Micro Machine's toy car. The key feature of this build was to make it a functional guitar while still retaining its original purpose. The Super, super Van City can still be opened up and used as a miniature city to race your car around before being reassembled to try out some licks. It has been set up and strung with 11 gauge strings as the scale length of this guitar is particularly short. Uh, or as the scale of this guitar is particularly short, the thicker gauge strings help with the action and intonation while it's not being uncomfortable. You can see here the Micro Machine's guitar in action for yourself in the YouTube demo video. 
Brought to you by Blammo. Was it? I don't know. It's something like that. <laughs> I remember these. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, feel like I didn't have one, but I feel like I knew some people who did. For the the young people in the audience. Uh, oh, there's actually one with. In there. Yeah, that's the that's the volume knob. Uh, oh no way! <laughs> uh, Micro Machines was a collection of toys. Where the whole thing was like it was cars, like Hot Wheels, only they made them even smaller. They were tiny, like the size of like a quarter, like the width yeah. of a quarter. Yeah. And then they would have these whole play sets that were really, really small. So you could like like roll your little cars around these little miniature play sets. Uh, it was kind of like the, the, the boy version of Polly Pocket. Yeah. I think it was before Polly Pocket. Maybe Polly Pocket was the girl version of Micro Machines. I think it, I think it was. Uh, but the commercials were just bonkers. Like the guy would just read this script so, so yeah. fast, which was the joke that we did with the speeding everything up. But anyways, because I can't read that fast. This build is kind of bonkers. I actually watched the video mm-hmm. of the guy building it. And then he could, he played this thing. Like he played, played it. Oh yeah. Like I was having a, you know, imposter syndrome watching him play this guitar. <laughs> And it's not, you know, you can strap a neck and a pickup to anything and it's going to sound like an electric guitar. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of it. So this sounded like an electric guitar. There's nothing wrong with the sound of it. But I have a feeling holding it and playing it is super weird and awkward. Oh, yeah. And you can tell the neck is kind of some no-name parts neck that he got somewhere and bolted it on. Look at how little that fret wire is. It's that yeah. like kind of like bronzish gold, super tiny like fret wire. Import neck. This came off as something weird. I'm sure it plays totally fine though. It's just a funny concept. How much does he want for this thing? Three seventy. I want. That's say. not terrible. If you're in a van themed band, three sixty two. But because it's in the UK, it's a hundred and ten dollars shipping for us. Oh, for us. If you're in the UK, then go grab your Micro yeah. Machines van guitar <laughs> i didn't look to see if he has anything else because this has a label on it that says weird and wired which makes me think he makes me think he does these kinds of conversions mm-hmm. to other things he had a pretty decent like like shop set up i was watching his whole video and it, it seemed like he knew what he was doing he was pretty confident in it um what like you're gonna start a band mm-hmm. this is the guitar what toy is the bass going to be built out of, and what are the drums going to be built out of? Um, the bass, the drum. Okay, the drums is easier. The drums are going to be designed after the techno drum. <laughs> that's fun. That's easy. Yeah, uh, techno. That's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles giant like enemy bass, right? Yeah, it's uh, a, it's like a giant. It's a giant like Death Star. It's a Death like, Star. It's, a death, it's the tank version of a Death. It's Star. It's a Death Star on tank tracks. Yeah. Uh, the base, uh, wasn't there like a giant GI Joe base? There's a giant GI Joe aircraft carrier. Take that and turn it into a stand-up base. Uh, which was the flag. I think it was called the flag. Is like the USS flag or Those something. were like eight feet long or something like that. They were huge. Yeah. I th- Paul Pennington, I think flipped one. Yeah. Because, I mean, that dude flip can flip anything. I think he found one at, like, an antique shop or a pawn shop or a thrift shop or something and mm-hmm. flipped it for a lot of money. For a lot they of money. Go, they, if you have 
most of the parts or all of the parts, they're right. worth a good chunk. Can you imagine being a grow a grown adult dropping like playing with micro a ton of money on a GI Joe playset, and then you sit there as a grown adult and play GI Joes with it? <laughs> Man, I wish I had that amount of like peace in my life dude I, it sounds I, very peaceful like it's easy it would feel easy to make fun of it but part of me is like man that person has got to be like so relaxed i had this i had this exact conversation uh with um some co-workers so one of our co- my co-workers imagine went, just sitting and playing with toys you know, one of my co-workers went home for his 30th birthday and uh which is he lives back east and when he got there, like all of his hometown friends planned a big dirty 30 for him. Uh-huh. That was, uh, I guess, I don't know if this was a thing they did. I don't really know the backstory of it. But basically, um, it was a pirate theme. <laughs> so I guess they, he, they dragged, one of them dragged him out to go play golf all day. They like, he's like, I don't even play golf. I talked to him about it. Um, and when he got back, they were like, they like all of his friends were already there and like rushed him with like a pirate costume and they were all wearing pirate costumes and they had like an adult themed pirate LARPing sort of a thing going on. That's fun. It looked like a lot of fun. And, but the thing is, is the whole time I just looked at him, like I, there's something inside of me that doesn't allow me to do right. something like that. Like. But what if you didn't have that wall that's built into you? My that, life would that probably, keeps you. My life would probably be a lot better. That keeps you from having childlike joy. I'd probably be over here recording a lot more bass demos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like it's playing it's, playing guitar is kind of like that, and messing around with pedals and stuff is kind of like that. But it's like just like the raw element of playing like a child with. A playset, even though you'd probably dropped three grand on yeah, it or something yeah. stupid, and you're playing with the full sized GI Joe <laughs> like aircraft carrier in your basement or something like that. Like that's what like train guys must feel like. The model train guys, yeah, just like this like childlike joy of just playing. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I, I don't feel like I have that. And as I was like. Going through this and being like, oh, man, you, dude, you're way too old for this. I could hear that part of me going like, no, like he's really enjoying himself. And all these people are really enjoying themselves. And like you just sound like a crotchety ass old man. It does sound kind of fun to have a kid style birthday for adults. Uh, I mean, it, yeah, like, get, it, the, it, get the hats, like pick a theme. Like there was definitely I, you the the four adults part is definitely on because the one part the one thing that one he the video that he posted was uh somebody going release the kraken and then all of his friends rushed out with pool noodles and were like beating him with these pool noodles but kids and, could do that too and they no and then they're like in order to defeat the kraken you must drink the kraken oh, there we go and it was like a red solo cup filled with kraken rum and it was like. 
you must drink the Kraken to defeat the Kraken. And I'm like, yeah, I'd be down for that too. <laughs> but the problem is that's what it would probably take for me to like be like, oh yeah, this is fun. Now you can let and loose. I, and I just don't, I don't know. There's something about that that like. You know what I miss? I, 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 there, I need like context appropriate fun. So dressing up as a pirate in a pirate themed band. That makes sense. I feel like I could do that. Dressing up like a pirate for a party in my and go into the park in my parents' backyard or whatever. Like I don't, I don't think I could do that. I was thinking about this the other day. You know what I really miss? What do you? It's really something miss? that we that like never happens anymore as an adult. Mm-hmm. Like even into our twenties, like young adulthood, mm-hmm. there would be like fun get-togethers where we like a bunch of friends get together. We have like a dinner. Or we do takeout or whatever, and then it was like blockbuster times. Like everyone sits around and watches movies together, mm, like yeah. that blockbuster style experience. Like we've lost that. I've, some of that is like streaming culture, streaming culture. I think some and of just it internet is. culture, and I think us just being older and having kids. Yeah, it's not the doable. Ki- the kids definitely wreck that pretty hard. And it's like watching movies and TV shows is what you do when you're alone now. Mm-hmm. There's no social aspect of it anymore, mm-hmm. but I miss that. I like sincerely miss that. I miss like having a shared experience watching some crappy movie. Oh, what it was is I was watching Deep Blue Sea with my son, mm. and I was flashing back to the first time I saw it. I was having like a blockbuster party with people. That like, movie seems not child appropriate. Um, my Henry really enjoys. Samuel like, L. Jackson getting eaten by a great white shark. He enjoys like scary stuff. Like, like he's loved like nightmare before Christmas okay. since he was like okay. three or something like that. Like he's loved anything kind of scary, a little bit Halloween themed and stuff like that. So I've been slowly incorporating like mm-hmm. PG 13 level movies that I've seen that I know he'll be able to handle. Okay. Like the gore in it is really simple. It's like arms get right. bit off by sharks right. and stuff. I think there might've been like two swears in the whole thing. Uh, it was not. It was not bad. He can handle it just fine as a seven-year-old. Um, but yeah, I was missing that whole experience. Yeah. I, well, so something I realized the other day is, um, I and I do. I guess, I guess I get to have that experience with my son now. But I miss having it with friends. You know? I, I think because so many shows that I'm watching, I'm either not actually as invested in them as I think I am. So like I'm rewatching Star or I'm not rewatching I'm watching for the first time Star Trek Enterprise but I found with a lot of shows there's so much dialogue explaining what's going on that I kind of don't need to watch it. Hmm. Um and then either that or a lot of shows like I've seen already and so I already know what's happening and so I know which parts to watch and which parts are just going to be boring. And I realized the other day that like I'm, I'm, I, I, it's really hard for me to watch TV without playing a game on my phone mm. or cruising Facebook or whatever. Yeah. It feels like we're, we're almost never fully engaged. In yeah. The and, thing and we're so I was trying enjoying to, now. I was trying to, I, in fact, it was, uh, it was, this was during the Olympics. Uh, I was trying to like, if, if they were actually showing an event, which I was not thrilled with NBC's coverage, but when they were actually showing an event, so like I think I did this during uh, the women's. I I was really interested. The one event I think I wanted to see the most 
in this Olympics was uh, the women's three by three basket or three x three basketball mm-hmm. because it was like a completely like different basketball format from anything that I'd seen. It's it was even completely different from like like street ball like right. pickup basketball because of the way it was formatted. I really wanted to watch it. So I made a very conscious effort to be like, I will only hold my phone during the commercials. And otherwise I put it to the side. And then when there's a commercial, I'd be like, bleh, 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 bleh. <laughs> and then commercial commercials over. And I'd try to put it down to the side. Be like, yeah. But then again, yeah, it's harder when I'm just what like it's midnight and I'm just trying to wind down. So I'm going to put on TNG and I've watched through TNG like four times, the next five generation, times or whatever. Let's talk on track. Um, I'm the, really excited for Lower if you, Decks to if you come know, out. You know. I mean, it, by the time this episode's out, Lower Decks has started to come out again. Yeah. But I'm excited yeah. to watch uh, the new season of Lower Decks. Yeah. Sponsor? Yeah. This, this episode uh, is brought to you by Chase Plus Audio. I talked of that pedal. I talked about the Dark World last week. I didn't grab a new pedal. That's so okay. I'm going to talk about it again. I love the dark world. It's a fantastic reverb. It's actually two reverbs. It's actually six reverbs, uh, three reverbs on each side of the pedal. You've got traditional reverbs on one side. You've got experimental and like modulated reverbs on the other. Mm-hmm. I like to mix the plate and the shim reverb and I have the shim reverb bounce back and forth across the octave knob. So it kind of drifts in between a high octave and a low octave shimmer. And it just gives it a bit of movement. And it makes it change throughout the uh, the song that I'm playing, so that it doesn't feel like this kind of like stagnant, always stuck on the same octave kind of shim reverb. And that's usually what kind of exhausts me with shim reverbs is that stuck in one sound sort of thing. And with the dark world, you can dial in a sound that doesn't sound stuck in the same octave with your shim reverb. So I'm a big fan of that. Chase plus audio. Chase Plus Audio <laughs> makes pedals more creative than you are and better looking, and they've been sponsoring this podcast for a really long time. So if you ever want to treat yourself, go buy a Chase Plus pedal. Tell them that we sent you. There you go. What's new, man? Oh, man, what is new? It is hot. It is hot. I'm, like, exhausted by the heat. You know, like, that exhaustion you get where, like, like your body's tired just from sweating? Mm-hmm. Like my skin hurts from sweating. I don't have I don't have central AC in my house. Right. And I definitely don't have it in the garage. And I was filming in here all day mm-hmm. today. And I almost had like I was almost in tears at the end of the day. Like I was so exhausted and I was so frustrated and I felt like awful. Right. And like right. my hands hurt from like trying to play guitar. And honestly, like I'm dreading going and scrubbing through the footage because i honestly don't believe any of it was any good i might have to scrap the whole day like that's how i've been feeling like the heat really just sucks it out of me yeah i will get home after we record it will be pretty late Mm -hmm. uh like after 10 o'clock so it will have started to to cool down it'll be probably like where I live, probably damn near like a hundred percent humidity when I get oh, home. God. But it will be cool. It'll be like in, at least down in like the upper sixties by that point. Okay. Um, but until um my uh kids fall asleep, which one of my kids has been falling asleep very late, we can't really keep any of the windows open. She insists that they be closed. She what? will run over to them and close them. So we don't go start the process of like cooling down our house until like midnight. Oh my so I will I will get drive home. I might even drive home with the windows down 
and not even and like have the AC on low. Yeah, but have the windows down and just enjoy the fresh air. But you for, get to work in an air. I do get to work in air yeah. conditioning. Uh, but then I'll get home and it'll be very nice and cool. And I'll be like, oh. And then I'll go inside where it will feel exactly like this garage. Right, right. Feels right now. <laughs> I'm honestly thinking about like upcharging for demos that are filmed in the summer, like August through September or whatever. Cause it's like most of the year, <laughs> our weather is, is perfect here. Yeah. Like we cannot complain about San Diego weather the vast majority of the time, but we mm-hmm. get like, two months of heat where every year it's just like, it's hard to record. It's hard to think it's hard to edit. And honestly, like on YouTube, that's a downtime anyways, where like you're not making a lot of money because ad rates are down and stuff. Mm -hmm. If I'm feeling financially free next year, I might take a lot of time off in the summer. It's this summer. I think it's particularly weird because I actually I feel like compared to previous summers, it's actually not hotter. But somehow it's, su- it's, it's more miserable. I think it's a lot more humid. It is like, pretty I think humid. it's a good like 10, per- 10 to 15% more humid than San Diego normally is. Yeah. Uh, we get that heat in the fall where it's like if you're outside and the sun is hitting you, it's like miserable. But then you can go inside and it's cool in the shade. Yeah. And this is that heat where it's just like pervasive. You can't escape, you can't it. escape and it. And everyone on in the, in the South and in I Texas know, and on all the other places are like, herda, herda, herda. wherever you are, whatever the temperature is, if you're not used to it and you're miserable, it's fine. Don't let other people tell you that it's not fine. Like people in, in you know, in... New Mexico or Arizona think it's so hot or whatever. What about the people on Venus? Huh? What about those people? What about those people? Their atmosphere is made out of acid. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't hear them chiming, chiming in every time that someone in, 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 uh, in New Mexico complains about the heat. Come on. All right, man. So on this topic, Venus, <laughs> if you could choose between one of these two things, which one would you choose? Okay. Either. Look. It rains for the next three days, hmm. and it rains three inches a day Wow! for the next three days. Or it rains for the next two weeks, but it only rains like half an inch per day. What's the temperature in each scenario? Uh, it's the same. As right now? It would be cooler. It would be like a nice... Like 70s? Like l- low 70s, like upper 60s. I think for where we live, I think the the like the two weeks with like what did you say like a third an inch or something. Oh, like the that? two weeks would definitely be better from an environmental perspective. Yeah, I think a three inches a day for three days it would be mudslide. If you we, situation, yeah, here. if we got nine inches of rain in three days, the half the city of San Diego would collapse. It would be an emergency. Uh, we don't have the infrastructure no. to deal with that. <laughs> we don't have the infrastructure and our sewage systems aren't built no. to handle that. Like our drainage systems aren't built to handle and that. Like that's water totally normal water. rainfall for other places, but it's not for here. No. This is a desert. Because it because it's so dry, our, our uh, drainage systems collect a lot of dirt and leaves and whatever the rest of the year. Right. And so they get clogged. We if, will get, big if, rains. We, if we get like an inch of rain in 24 hours, like. Come, like sections of the city go underwater. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> the mall, no, we're just not built the for the malls it. flood. Right, right. Well, that's also because they, th- they built a mall in a riverbed. So. You know what? I, I tell people this like, what all is the time. This, a, ge- a geoclimate podcast? Like 
people who live in San Diego, they go places that have weather for vacation. Yeah. So if we get if we got like a couple weeks of light misty rain mm-hmm. midsummer, like most San Diegans would be like, "Wow, this is really nice." Yeah. This is this is great. The, actually, like a couple nights ago, it rained at like eleven o'clock I at know. night. Oh, I woke up for that, and I was like, I was like. Oh man! Do I need cool. to get out of bed and go run around? Yeah. And the, the the thing that sucked is by the time I got to my car the next day at like eight thirty in the morning, it was already so hot that it completely evaporated. Oh yeah, it was all, all the water off. And apparently, it didn't rain as much as I thought it did because it didn't it didn't rain hard enough to clean my car. All it did was like cake my entire car and. Dirt. No, Lauren said, my wife said the same thing. She said, like, man, it made my car so dirty. I'm like, yeah, it's that's good for the plants. That's rain that has a lot of stuff in it. Like there's a lot of dust in that rain. And that's, that's <sighs> I, how I you mean, get I, good I, nutrients I in the soil. But man, yeah, it makes your car so dirty. My car was like, and thankfully the day before I had just refilled my windshield wiper fluid. Otherwise I'd just been stuck. My car's so I, dirty, I didn't even know like, the I difference. Couldn't, I couldn't see through my windshield when I got in my car. All right, do we want to tackle this ad? Uh, We've been talking about nothing this whole episode because I mean, we're both so fried from the heat and just being tired. I guess adults. this is a fake Ernie Ball. This was sent by Damian Michael. I don't even know How what do we the, know it's fake? Well, it kind of looks fake to me in a few different ways. Like the way... Like look at that bridge and look at... There's something about the lines of that center portion. Ernie Ball, Music Man, Majesty, 24 frets. Like, look frets, at the saddles on this bridge. Like, 16 in- I don't know what Ernie Balls look like, man. This could be real. Ernie Balls have nice hardware. This doesn't look like nice hardware. Look at that little switch. Maybe Ernie Ball's build quality has gone way down. Is, I want to look up the, the thing it's supposed to be. It's a John... It's a... Uh, EBMM Majesty guitars in very good shape since it just arrived two weeks ago. Custom ordered from China. <laughs> since the real EBM Majesty costs more than three thousand dollars new, you can have a great playing guitar for a fraction of the cost of a real guitar. <laughs> that, come <laughs> on, it says of the real guitar, but a real guitar. Even just looking at the thumbnails of the real thing, like I can tell that they're so much better than this. Pickups sound amazing, IMHO. You don't need to upgrade it. You don't, Ryan. This is a great guitar for the money. Okay, look at the bridge on the real thing. Yeah, like yeah, you that's, cannot, that's pretty different, I guess. You can't, you can't even pretend that this is even a close copy. Look at the shape of the horns. Like, the bottom horn shape is totally different. That, like, center part looks so wonky like it looks weird on the real ernie ball but it looks extra weird on that what the hell happened to my google here got stuck in a weird you know what though check this out that's the stir it's the sterling version has like the cheaper bridge on it but it still looks better than this it does look better a lot better it looks all right Look at how crappy this print looks on the back of the headstock. Like, there's something about that that looks awful. It's got these cheap-looking tuners on there, too. The tuners is what actually gave it away the most. That one's crooked against the other one. (laughs) You know, not to mention that this is illegal. Like, you could actually get yourself in trouble selling this. 
We're reporting you to the FBI. Imagine getting busted and facing criminal charges over this crappy looking <laughs> Chinese knockoff of a guitar that already looks weird to begin with. Oh, I just had to have one. Why not just buy the Sterling? How much is the Sterling option? 800. Yeah, just no, the- actually the Sterling, the new Sterling is 1400. That's wild. Actually. I'm seeing one for 949. Well, maybe that's a different version of it. All right, let me Sterling. All this right. is this is a compelling part of the show where we've Yeah, I'm seeing 949. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing I mean this guy's selling it used. I'm seeing one used for 600 845 yeah, more the, the newer ones are more expensive, but you know this guy's selling this used. You can mm-hmm. compare to used prices. I don't. I just save your money and buy a Sterling, like freaking four hundred dollars for this thing that looks like crap. You know what's interesting is I the one of the biggest differences between this and even the Sterling version of this is the Majesty center block is usually has this like weird. Um, carbon fiber texture thing going right on. right it has it's not just painted like this is yeah this one is like just painted black and it looks like you can almost like this is a low quality jpeg but you can almost see like the masking tape edges yeah. no for sure and just the way that these like little holes are cut out for the the knobs and the switches and stuff like it looks so janky yeah then the that's a feature of prs does that too right but they're they're always about, like the bevel is always like the exact size of the knob. There's there's if you're right. not looking at it up close, you can't tell. The way that the knobs and the switches sit in it is really weird, but also just the cut looks really rough. Like yeah. look at the cut around the little mini switch up there, which is hilarious in itself. That mini switch is hilarious to look at. I don't even see the mini switch on any of the other. Well, he custom ordered ones. this thing apparently, and it must be it must be really super good because he's selling it right away. So yeah. this custom order yeah. that's turned how out you know it's the best. Really great for him. Yeah. Oh wait, here's one with a little switch on the top. I can't tell oh. what's going on up there, but I it can tell. It's, it's like n- a two. It's like a little. It's like a little nub and toggle. Right, but it's not like this at all. No. <laughs> What's my Google doing to me right now? This is rough. Yeah. N- never would I pay $400 for this. Never, ever. I'd be much sooner to pay $400 for that uh, that Univox base from the last episode. <laughs> and it has a battery clip in the back. So maybe that little switch is some sort of active preamp thing or something. Sure. If but- it even does anything. What is going on with the fret dots? Are they supposed to be like a triangle? I don't know. I didn't see that. It's like a weird shape. Like this, the the little cover on the back of that top horn for that little switch is so huge. And it looks like it's sticking out. This thing is, it makes me sad. (laughs) Yeah, they're like little shields on the on the real thing. They're like little shield shaped. Huh. So they tried to I mean they tried. Whoever whoever he he had make this thing, they tried to cover various mm-hmm. aesthetic 
And there is like a very, it's more of a hex or a trapezoidal right. di- or like a diamond. But that shape. looks like a billion times better. Oh, yeah. Than this. Because it's contoured properly. Sewer plate cover that's on the back of the horn. It looks like it's either like bent or wrapped around. It looks like it might even just be a piece of rubber. <laughs> it does like look screwed down rough. to flex over that body carve. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys, don't do it. Don't order like cheap knockoffs of the guitar that you want from China. Like there's guitars from China that are great. It's just not this one, but it's almost never the ones that are like you trying to cheat the system. Like, Oh, I'm just, I'm going to have this guy build me, you know, this Ernie ball instead of paying full price. You're going to get something weird. So something kind of interesting too. And, I'm just flipping through photos, so maybe I just haven't gotten to an old, old enough one or who something. Who are you trying to fool? You're not fooling. Okay. There's one, I was going to say, this. so this one has the Made in San Luis, San Luis Obispo, California, that this one has. But a lot of the newer ones have a, just say, like, have a picture of the bear from the California flag uh-huh. and say California Heritage and mm. then the information. So it's like this particular made in San Luis Obispo thing is maybe it's an older one or maybe I was just right seeing special models. I, I don't know. Here's my question with this. What's your question? Right? Who are you fooling? Because you're not fooling you. You get this guitar. You're never going to think a single day in your life. Oh man. Yeah. This is the same. Yeah. This is the same as like, Oh, I'm glad I got this instead of, getting the real thing or even getting the sterling or just getting a different guitar. Do you, like and and anyone in your audience that actually cares about that model guitar and would be able to identify it is going to be able to tell from across the room that this isn't it. When he says it's custom ordered, what what exactly there's he probably went through Alibaba or something like that. So it's like I'm I'm wondering what parts he custom he customed on it. I guess where I'm going with this is like, is this too unique of a guitar for them to have copied properly? Because if you order a knockoff Gibson Les Paul, right, the things that people will pick up on will be like, oh, small the, details. The the a uh, truss rod cover is not the right. The truss rod cover has uh, three screws instead of two, which that one's right, right. Or or the uh, the tunematic has the Epiphone style, which is the import style threadings. Right. Uh, or like the tuners are a thumb screw. in the wrong place ever so slightly. Yeah, the Gibson logo should not be covering right. the, the D-string tuner. Oh, there's an extra line in the binding, you know, thing, yeah. <laughs> little things like this, where this is like you can spot it from across the yeah. room, like something is wrong. Like even just the shape of that center block uh, design thing is weird to look at. Well, I almost wonder, like, that makes me think, like, when, but then they have the inlays, they try to do the inlays, and that seems way, like, very detail-oriented, right? Right. Because the things on, the things that are on the neck, I look at that and I go, someone had one of these and tried to make a copy of it. But the things that are going on with the body look like somebody took a picture of the guitar or just sent a link and said, hey, this is the guitar I want you to make for me. Oh, totally. Have at it. No, it's got that serviceman sort of vibe where it's like, oh, someone in Vietnam got a catalog of American guitars and then they tried to build something based off the pictures. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, you're not going to fool anyone. 
You're not going to fool yourself. Like, don't do this, guys. Like, don't don't put these things into, you know, the market, into the used market by buying them new. You know, once they're once they exist, like do whatever, you know, you want with them, I guess. But like, don't order this stuff. Don't order these custom guitars off of Alibaba. Like, come on, knock it off. Just ridiculous. All right. Uh, let's want, not even do the second topic. You want, you want to do the second sponsor? Let's do the second sponsor. I've still got the shake here. Same deal as the Chase Bliss pedal. I didn't feel like swapping anything out. I'm lazy today. It's hot. Get off my back. But the shaker is still really cool. It mm-hmm. looks like a pedal, but it's a shaker. There's a little wooden box inside full of all the extra leg clippings from resistors and diodes and stuff like that, that bigger pedals uses to build their pedals. Finally, this isn't working. Finally, a pedal where you shake it and there's something loose inside and it, it means that it's working perfectly. (laughs) There's nothing broken in there. You plug in right here and there's a transducer or a piezo or something like that in Mm -hmm. there that picks up that vibration or any vibration really and allows this to be a plug-in noisemaker. Yeah, this jack very cool. technically doesn't do anything, but you can sing into it like a microphone, which is a bunch of fun. Uh, you can tap it, you can shake it, you can knock it around, slap uh, it, uh, it, twist it. There's a little bit. The, the print is raised just a little bit on it, it, so that you can like scrape your fingernail on it and make like washboard sounds and stuff like that. It's a really fun, like silly product that. If you use like percussion in your recordings or your band or something like that, it's actually kind of fun. I had a really great time messing around with it the other day when I did a recording with it. And uh, from what I understand, they're going to have more in the future. So follow Big Ear on social media, get on their email list so that you can make sure that you can grab one of these when they have a fresh run of them. So huge thanks to Big Ear for once again sponsoring this content that I think you love. Yeah, go maybe to, you're a hate listener. I don't know. Go to their site and uh, get on the mailing list. Follow them on Instagram. A lot of times, their product uh, when they have do release runs, they are announced on Instagram first. Yep. So follow them there. Uh, you want to do some housekeeping? Yeah. You don't want to do this other topic. You don't, don't. want to talk about Metallica. I don't. All right. Uh, house- Sorry, Metallica. Housekeeping is a part of the show where we do some housekeeping. Uh, <laughs> this We're is the, sweep up. This is the second episode of our recording session. So. Nobody new on the Patreon. Nobody uh, joined up in the last hour. Go figure. It's a very small window. We always have our fingers crossed. But if you want to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash 60cyclehumcast, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can put uh, some some money into this show. Well, you know, we use that money to pay for the cost of production. Yep. Uh, to pay for travel costs, yep. to pay for like software rentals that we have to do and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Uh, to pay for the hosting. To pay for that's, the hosting. That's, uh, not a small expense either. We buy food every podcast recording night so that no one in my household has to cook dinner that night, which oh, yeah. takes I, a lot of pressure I off. I need to send you a, a bill for $47. <laughs> we always get Mexican food and it's actually on the, on the weeks that we don't podcast, Right about Wednesday or Thursday, we start craving Mexican food because <laughs> we're doing it the same night yeah, every yeah. other week. Um, but yeah, it covers so many costs that you wouldn't even like assume were associated with running a show like this. But mm-hmm. they just become part of the cost 
of doing a podcast week in and week out and you know some of the other content that we do on the YouTube channel. So huge thanks to everyone who directly supports this content. Like this isn't money that's just lining our pockets. This is money that directly supports this content and we're hugely thankful for it. Um, we're really close to being in the black right now. The budget goes up and down. Sometimes we're in the red, sometimes we're in the black. Uh, last time I checked, we were about 100 bucks in the red, but I'm pretty excited to be in the black when we get our next payment from Patreon. Nice. Yeah, we're not going to be in debt anymore to my bank account. <laughs> right. But usually, usually we're like doing really good. Like there were some big costs in the past year that knocked us down a little bit, yeah. but we've been floating around uh, uh, like being close to in the black for a while. So I've been pretty amazed by that, honestly. So thanks everyone. This last ad is sent by Michael Morse. It's a 1948 Martin 018. It needs some repairs. I don't know. Is I think it's just, that's just a relic, right? <laughs> it might actually be worth more. That might be like a factory relic. Uh, this person is asking $950. It's a hundred dollar markdown from uh, the previous price. This guitar. How does something even get that damage? I don't know. Like you'd think that one part of it would get damaged and be like, Oh shoot, put it away. Like how, like for this to be this damage, like something has to happen to it over and over and over again. Like this is an intentional smash, right? I feel like it'd have to be. I mean, it's in. This looks like uh, you know. We're talking about cartoons last episode, and it, I saw this and I realized what it reminded me of. Is do you remember El Cabong? No. Oh, El, El Cabong. El Cabong. It was a Hanna Barbera thing. I think it was part of. Um, it was like a horse. Uh, El Cabong. Quick, oh, it was I part re- of the Quick Draw McGraw. Okay, deal. I remember that horse. I don't know who yeah. El Cabong is. It was like one of the, uh, like, it's like sub characters on that show. It was like, uh, I don't know. I don't remember the. Okay, I never saw it's that. Like a, it's like a Zorro spoof. Did that horse have his own show? I think so. I never saw that horse show, but I would see various Hanna-Barbera cartoons that would incorporate that horse. Yeah, Quick Draw McGraw is the fictional anthropomorphic horse and protagonist and title character of the quick draw McGraw show. So was this other character would smash guitars? Yeah. So I guess it was him, but he's like dressed up as like, it's a Zorro spoof. Oh, okay. And he would smash a guitar. He would like that that story. That was like his weapon. Okay. Weapon of choice, huh? Yeah. Anyways, this thing looks completely wrecked. It looks like it's been wrecked for a long time. Mm Mm-hmm. And they want a grand for it. It's down from $1,050 down to $950. Martin fans are crazy. It's in 1948, and I have a feeling someone's going to grab this and feel like they got a deal. Yeah. <laughs> like someone's going to buy this and then they're going to spend two grand to have it refurbished. That's the rough part, right? Is unless you can unless you can do it yourself, you're going to be paying a lot of money. And how to many somebody at the end of it, after you have this refurbished, because someone probably will, mm-hmm. how much of the guitar is actually original Martin after that? Oh no! So we, you know, we've talked about the idea, the the uh, musical ship of thesis, right? Right. I mean, most of the most of the top soundboard is intact, so theoretically, you are getting 
most of that original tone out of it. Most you, of the damage is on the sidewalls. You're getting it, but like you're getting the top. Yeah, you're right. You're getting the soundboard, but how much freaking glue are you gonna be? Right. This is a resin. Well, you don't understand, Steve. They're going to use vintage glue. They're going to use tone glue. They're going to use horse glue. They're going to melt. How many? How many horses have to be sacrificed to save this guitar? <laughs> well, I think a Martin fan would count that as a worthy sacrifice. The the top, they'll, they'll bring the horse in. <laughs> I mean, look, look, this is a weird idea. So I wonder if the neck is still good. This is a Martin 018. I mean, this thing looks dusty and dry. Like, this yeah. whole thing is going to need to, like, be humidified for, like, a full year. I don't know anything about humidifying I, guitars, but I just look at this thing and, like, like it's got to have so many problems other than just being broken apart. I hate to say this. I'm going to say it. Say it. This guitar. Oh, look. Is there a string? There's, like, a string. What the hell? This guitar should just be donated to like a museum. museum of making music and be like, Hey, I have this old guitar. If you're interested in doing, and like, I would, I would like pitch it like this, like, Hey, I have this old guitar. Uh, I don't know if you guys have anything like this, but it would, maybe you could use it, like take it all the way apart, like take away the rest of it, take the rest of it apart properly and be like, this is what the inside of a vintage guitar looks like. Mm. This is what the ins- this is what you know. Uh, like this, you know what this, this could be a really interesting music. Oh, this could be a really inter- interesting. Uh, uh, what do they call it? Exhibit. If you had like a 1948 Martin 018 deconstructed, a whatever the 2020 equivalent Martin is. So you have to partner with Martin and say, hey, we've got a 1948 that's beat up. We're going to take it apart. We want to do this thing. And then find some other brands of guitars and be like, this is what the 1948 Martin bracing looks like. Sure. This is what it looks like now. This is what other brands do for their bracing. And kind of get into the science of like why these different companies have chosen this style. I, I think that'd make a really cool exhibit. That would be fun. What I think would make a more interesting exhibit for someone like me is if this guitar had a story. If it had a story, it would completely turn this thing around. A story about why it's broken, like... Like some well, it's broken because someone smashed it, right? Like some folk singer in you know the late fifties was traveling around to beatnik clubs and got in a fight and got and and drove away drunk and drove off a cliff and crashed his car and it exploded everywhere and the guitar was found sixty years later or something like that, you know, in mess up condition, but perfectly preserved underneath a pile of rubble. Like it needs, it needs an exciting story. Like, like it needs to be found somewhere interesting or it needs to have someone attached to it to make it interesting. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just a messed up guitar. You know, Ryan, I think this guitar was owned by Elvis. (laughs) This is the, the guitar that Elvis used to beat off a horde of vampires. This is a guitar that Elvis used to write achy, breaky heart. And then he broke the guitar. His heart was so achy breaky that he broke the guitar. Yeah. This is the guitar Elvis used when he uh, did his Chris Gaines phase. <laughs> we all need to have a Chris Gaines phase in our lives, don't we? All right. Get, get us out of here, man. Uh, yeah. This song was sent to us by Noah Speeder. He says, I just got done listening to Monday's podcast. 
where you talked about pawn shops and Ryan selling off all his stuff if the channel got hacked. I uh, just so happened to have a song I made a few years ago that combines both of those ideas. It's called Pawn Shop. Here's a link. would love if you played this at the end of a future podcast. Oddly enough, I clicked the link and it hijacked our YouTube channel. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that would be terrible. No, I went to Bandcamp. I had to de- delete like 15 emails this week from scammers. inspection i sold my nephew's comic book collection i sold some old school nike shoes and i sold my guitar so i can't play no blues they don't got no friends that'll call me a fool cause i sold them all to the pawn shop too yes i sold all that i own to the old pawn shop i sold all that i own to the old pawn shop and the paycheck never comes so i just can't stop yeah the paycheck never comes so i just can't stop Check never come, so I just won't stop. That's a fun song. That was great. I like that it was on theme with a episode we did. Yeah, guys, write songs about our dumb podcast episodes. <laughs> All right, bye everyone. Stay grounded.